I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Anya Khan here with us on the mic. Anya is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to find support as an artist I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Anya Khan, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Anya Khan is a globally awarded and exhibited figurative artist and photographer, a published author, a mental health and trauma researcher, as well as an instructor and an inspirational speaker. Her work in trauma and mental health has grown over the years and has created a launching pad for the Healing Trauma Creatively program. Her work has been in over 300 exhibitions in over 10 countries at places such as San Diego Art Institute, Los Angeles Center for Digital Art, iMocha, St. Louis Art Museum, Contemporary Art Museum, St. Louis, Mitchell Museum, and the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Anya. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's great to have you. Now, before we dive into it, Anya, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? The earliest memory I have of art is just being someone who is always doing something creative, always wanting to make things. And one of the funniest memories, I don't think I've ever shared this, is my mom ended up telling me this story that I she got a new comforter. And of course, my mom was like a brand new mom and she was young and poor and it was a big deal to get a new comforter. And I decided to paint a masterpiece on it with nail polish. So that is like the earliest memory of me apparently liking to make the things. So Anya, you are an expert in trauma and mental health. Life as an artist can definitely be quite lonely, especially when spending so much time in the studio. So how can artists take care of themselves? You know, this is a great question because right now so many people are isolated And artists generally are just isolated people. I mean, we're the type of people who like to do things and often we need to be in our own world. It makes it really difficult when you stack something like COVID on top of it where, you know, people would get out and go do things and 
it just makes it almost impossible to be able to explore that without, you know, of course, fear. And it just really depends on where you sit with how your belief system is in this current COVID situation, which is, you know, primarily up to the person who's dealing with it. But if you do have any sort of healthy understanding of what a pandemic is, you're going to be cautious, no matter if you believe that it's extreme or you believe that it's not. And in being cautious, it limits things and limits artists further than they're already being limited. And so I just want to, you know, say that I totally understand why artists right now would be feeling, if not everybody is feeling the sense of being closed in, feeling very lonely. But artists specifically, I think, can use their creativity to really utilize that space of loneliness. Because I think a lot of other people who don't have things that they're passionate about and are stuck in this don't have the same opportunity that those that have passions do. And it doesn't have to be limited to art. You know, you could be passionate about reading or biking or whatever the case may be. But with artists, using what they have and working through those things of isolation and being aware of what's going on rather than ignoring it, right? Like, oh, it's whatever. I'm just dealing with it because then you're not really attaching yourself to the truth. Know that you do feel lonely or you do feel concerned or you do feel worried. And a lot of artists, if not all, (laughs) are very emotional people. They're passionate and emotional and they feel things. So they're going to feel it at a higher level. So use use your art, use your creative spirit as a way to kind of navigate that and be aware. Be aware of what's going on. Yes, I feel really bad today. Yes, this is challenging for me. Well, how can I channel that? And maybe it's not the same type of creativity that you're used to. And I think that's also important to note. Instead of always sticking into something you're comfortable with, Sometimes doing something a little bit different can kind of help shake it up. There's this thing with neuroscience that talks about if you're doing the same thing all the time, like let's say you put your shoes on and you, you know, you put your left shoe on all the time. That's how you usually start to do it. It becomes a habit, right? It's like what you do. You don't think I'm going to put my shoe on my left foot. You just do it in, you know, instinctively. And the idea with art is if you're always doing something instinctive, you kind of become in a habit. But you can change up your environment and change up the feelings of being lonely or kind of stagnant with COVID by using that same kind of method and changing up your art. If you do more figurative work, then perhaps you should try something that is more abstract. Or, you know, if you're an artist, maybe you should try writing something, kind of keeping it fresh because it's it's a tough time and keeping yourself fresh and energized and also taking care of your body, mind, and soul with eating right, sleeping at a good, you know, we all like to stay up till midnight, but, you know, trying to have a decently, you know, good sleep schedule, knock down that caffeine a little bit and uh, surround yourself with people that care about you. That's important. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I really love what you're saying about taking the feelings that you have and not just, okay, how can I like get back to happy but actually channeling them and, you know, ultimately that will be what gets you there by having this fulfilling and just meaningful channeling of your feelings using your creativity and your art. So I, I, I absolutely think that's such good advice, definitely keeping healthy in general as well and, uh, and surrounding yourself with people, however is possible for you. So Anya, so coming out of COVID, the world is getting back to some semblance of normal 
without much support in place uh, for what we all collectively went through. What can our listeners do to find support when getting back to work? Well, the interesting thing about the current circumstance is that a lot of people are debating whether or not are we going back to normal? Are like what is normal? Like what is the new normal? And I think that we're so collectively involved that it's hard for us to see outside of all of this that really our world is going to be forever changed. We are never going back to normal. Nothing will ever be the same. Nothing. You there's no way that any of the world is going to go back to what we knew it to be. And in some level of understanding, that's got to create this uh, this loss. We are all going to be going through a collective loss, and it's going to be individual, right, for each person. What did they lose? There's people with health issues that have lost a different kind of set of living circumstances than those who might not be. There will be people who've lost homes, jobs. And even if, you know, the pandemic itself, like we've seen in the past with different types of, you know, pandemics that have happened, you know, they they flare up. And over time, as a society, we become more immune to them and things get better. But it takes a period of time to do that. But when we get to that other side, or really, it's not really another side, but when we, you know, walk over that bridge, we're in a whole new land. And so, what people need to do to be able to find support is really look out and figure out how did this affect you? Because again, right now, I think almost everybody I know is collectively exhausted, collectively like depressed, anxious, unsure. I can't tell you how many people I've spoke to that are like, I just don't feel good. And I don't know why it's like, hello, you know, we're living in kind of a dystopia. We're living in this very altered where everything is shifted in our lives. And we're also putting so much more energy into the normal things. Like if you get up every day and let's say you go to work or you go to your studio before that's what you did. Well, now you have to think about like, well, how do I navigate that? Do I need to wear a mask? Do I need, it takes a whole nother level to even get anywhere. So people are exhausted and it's being able to get back out into society, I think, and be able to slowly grow into the new way that the world is going to be is there's going to be a lot of acceptance that's going to have to happen. Like it, it's not going to be what you want it to be. We're not going back to normal. And also, how can you recognize that this is going to cause grief? You might not understand that right now, but it's going to cause grief. Even if you haven't lost anyone, we've all lost something. And it's it's a grief process. And if you can a- attach yourself to the true essence of the experience that you've gone through and be able to connect with the things that have hurt you, upset you, made you feel lonely, loss, it can really help you move into that space. And then also figure out on the second and the other side of that is figuring out how to take all of that and turn it into something better. You've gone through loss. Well, how do you process that in a, in a better way? You might not be able to work at the job that you've worked at. But however, maybe you got to work from home and you got to spend more time with your kids. So trying to focus on the truth of what happened and trying to figure out like, what do you have? Like, what can you do? Because if we're always looking at what we don't have, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, then it's in this, you know, mindset of scarcity rather than abundance, when really we've also gained a lot of things. What have you gained in this? Have you found out who your true friends are? You know, what have you gained in the circumstance? 
And if you can focus on that and surround yourself again in a healthy way with the people that align with your values, then I think it can help because there's so much agitation between people right now, right? There's, I believe this, you believe this. I mean, we have, I have not seen in my lifetime such a division of people just on a regular, like going to the grocery store and seeing this sense of like division all the time. Sure, it happens with race and politics and this and that. Yes, but you would see it here and there and everywhere from time to time. Now you see it all the time. Everybody hates everybody. Everybody's got something wrong with somebody. Everybody's choosing and judging. And it's like going out into the world is really hard right now. So you got to find the things that make you happy and surround yourself with the people that have similar value systems. And there's nothing wrong with other people's values. I'm going to say that real quick. I don't feel like you should just surround yourself with people that have the same values, period. Because it's nice to have an ability to look at things objectively. Just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean it's wrong. I mean, that's just life. People can make their own choices. But, you know, obviously be open to looking at those things. Be open to the the outside of what your perceptive perception is. But also be willing to like surround yourself with those people who can support you. Like if you believe a certain way, then yeah, have those have people around you that can support you. Have projects that you can do that support that, you know, I think that's, it's just a weird, it's weird and challenging. And I don't think there's any amazing advice. I think we're all in the very moment trying to come up with advice. And two months from now, my advice might be totally irrelevant because we're in the, we're in the thick of it, James, we're like in the thick of it. It's so hard to be percept, have a good perception when you're in the thick of something. No, you're absolutely right. And it is, it's this moving target that it's to say one thing now could just be totally different, you know, two weeks later, you said, yeah, like, like upset, like a 180. It might be like, hey, like, guess what? Like, masks are terrifying now. Or like, hey, like, if you don't work, things are constantly changing. And we can only kind of go along and, and try to, to roll with the punches. But definitely, I think what you're you're saying right now really ties in uh, very nicely with what you were saying about how artists can use their art to channel uh, their feelings. Basically, it's it's really important to to take that moment and not just like, phew, like, you know, glad things are kind of better than they were before moving on. Like, no, there is a feeling that you need to process, like take that moment, like give yourself the chance to really process how you feel about how this last year and a half has been. It's It's been rough no matter what kind of loss you've you've had, like you mentioned, everyone has had some loss. Absolutely. And there's two ways of dealing with it often. You know, there's people who really like it affects very negatively and takes them down to a really bad place. And then there's people who are like, oh, I'm totally fine. It's good. It's whatever. And they just blow it off. And both of those places aren't the best place to be. I mean, they're, they're not places we shouldn't visit. Sure, we can we can visit both. You know, they're both these protective mechanisms. But it's trying to find that middle ground of being like, yeah, I feel like crap. I'm going to go sit in a corner and cry like a little whiny baby because this is how I feel. I feel awful. I miss my friends. It sucks. But then it's like, oh, I can get up and I can I can move on. I can I can make choices. You know, I have autonomy. I can I have the ability to make my life what I want it to be with what I have. Right. Like you have to learn to adapt. And that's just kind of where we're at right now. It's adapting to, like you said, a moving target. It's a perfect example. 
we don't know from day to day what the world looks like. And that's really tough. That's really tough on anybody. We need some type of consistency in life to, you know, that's why people like to like, you know, make a house and live in a house. And not that there isn't people that travel and move all around and, you know, they, that's too, but we like some sense of stability. And even if you're somebody who travels around, you might have the stability of your mobile home or something. There's something that you carry with you that creates a sense of stability while things around you are moving. And every part of our life is moving. It's affecting our education. It's affecting the politics. It's affecting how we feed ourselves. It's affecting, you know, people's spiritual beliefs. It's affecting families and whether or not people, you know, spend time together or hate each other. So it's it's a really, really tough place to be. But trying to find something you love and really going there and trying to connect with that, I think, can really help. Absolutely. And also what you were mentioning before about just thinking about despite the loss, like what have you gained in this? Because regardless of the loss, you've gained something, you've gained perspective, you've gained an opportunity from losing something. So there's just there's, there's so many positives that you can look at. And I think that given the situation, I think it's really important to recognize those positives and, you know, embrace them at the same time that you're working through the feelings of all the negatives that have happened. Yeah. And artists can really be that voice. I mean, how many of us look at political cartoons or look at artwork and have that sense of connection because artists, writers, musicians, and anybody in the creative field are often the voices of what we're collectively going through. That's why we have movies and music and and art, because those are a great way to express things that we're experiencing in life. And so artists have like such a one up in this circumstance to utilize their craft to express what's happening for them and other people. A hundred percent. And it really is. I mean, like you just said, art is what society uses as a point of, uh, of just collectively understanding something that's going on. Like it's, it's the way that we we kind of share in it together. You offer creative healing courses. So what are some of the things that you teach to practice healing in your courses? Sure. So the idea behind what I'm doing is unlike artists, which we already intrinsically know use art as a therapeutic approach to things, a lot of people who are outside of that niche, you know, that maybe wouldn't consider themselves artists themselves, often kind of push away from creative endeavors because I'm not an artist. I'm not that talented because it's all about the idea of technique and I'm not that good. And the idea behind these courses are really bringing anybody in, artists, musicians, doctors, teachers, you know, your 12-year-old nephew. It doesn't matter. Bringing people into the practice of creativity to use that to process healing. We could be talking about COVID. We could be talking about loss of a loved one. We could talk about childhood traumas. All of those situations can really be handled in an artistic way. And I advocate for therapy first, always. Like I, I definitely advocate for, for people to reach out to mental health professionals or doctors when they're struggling 
Absolutely. And talk to them about would something like something creative be something to help them along their journey? Because when we go to therapy and we do talk therapy, it's great. It's cognitive. We're processing things, but we're also reliving it in a way. And some of the new studies in trauma are talking about the idea of kind of going in the back end, not necessarily talking and putting it on the table and, you know, verbally processing it and giving all the details, but how can you process things in a way that's not going to be so harsh on your body? And we carry a lot of our trauma in our body. I always tell people if they have a trauma history or health problems, that they should read The Body Keeps the Score, which is one of the best books that talks about just because you've gone to therapy and processed things and process things in your brain doesn't necessarily mean that your body's okay with it. People still have health issues, people still have responses that are very physical. And the idea behind the art aspect is getting in and using that power of making something. I mean, think of how amazing that is as human beings. We can make something from nothing. Like from zero, from nothing, from just nothing's there. And all of a sudden, people collectively can make things, which is awesome. And so by using the the ability to be a maker, to be a creator, you can create your own reality. You can create your own approach to therapy. you You can create so many different things. So we work on like childhood trauma. We work on uh, dealing with like narcissistic abuse. We deal with meeting like your inner child, working with inner child trauma. I mean, basically anything you can be traumatized from, even environmental trauma. So I'm working on a course right now to help people who've gone through fires or natural disasters because we've all been through trauma. Everybody who's listening to this has been through some type of trauma. That's just the way life is. And so by using art, as a way to work through that, you're not only being able to be a creator and work through the things that are challenging for you, but also really doing yourself some good because creativity is just so healing. There's so much science, if you were to research it, on how now they're really finding links with people with Alzheimer's or traumatic brain injuries where they're incorporating some type of art And it doesn't even mean that it has to be the process of making. It can even be consumption of art, like going to a museum and how healing that is. And so that's really what we're trying to do and what the courses are trying to do. And they're very safe. You know, we make sure that people know it's a safe space. People have the ability to stop and start how they want to. It's very self-focused and self-driven. So that's how we've been able to to do this. And it's it's something I started because of COVID. I've been wanting to do this for, for a long time. And I thought like, what can I do because COVID is affecting so many people and so many people don't even know it yet. Like it's going to take a couple of years and people are going to go like, oh no, like I was really affected and I didn't even recognize it because I was in the thick of it. And so these courses are to give people things to do to help support them during the current crisis and, of course, collective crisis and if they have past trauma in their life as well. It sounds like like such a good way to be handling trauma. And definitely, like you're saying, I've had so many friends who tell me, oh, I don't have a single creative bone in my body. And they they just are kind of resigned to that concept that like, no, no, they they could never pick up a paintbrush, a pencil, a camera, anything you know, to be depriving yourself of, like you said, this really good way to like 
work through healing yourself, creativity is it really shouldn't be something that anyone deprives themselves of. And, you know, regardless of whether or not you're trying to sell it, have like being able to make art to work through that. It's kind of like a, it's like a superpower or something that, you know, everyone should have access to. (laughs) And everyone does. It's just like kind of, you know, realizing that, yes, you can also make art and, you know, use it to your advantage. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is people don't understand that creativity is not limited to art. People will say, oh, I'm not very creative. And it's like I try to talk to people when I do different workshops about the wide variety of creativity that we all have. I mean, the person who built your house was creative. The The architect that designed your house was creative. Your guy down the street who's working on a 78 Chevrolet, you know, he's also being very creative. We are all creative by nature. It doesn't matter if you're making, you know, a bouquet of something for your dining room table. All of these things are a sense of creativity that people often like just push aside. Oh, I'm not that creative. It's like, no, we all are. And we all should really tap into that because it feels so good when people take away their judgment of themselves. And that's another reason why people don't jump into it because of self-judgment. And people who've gone through trauma or people that are super sensitive don't want to be judged. And the idea behind these projects are like, you don't have to show anybody. This is your own private journey. You don't have to be public about it. If you want to be public about it, cool, then you do that. But this is a private journey. You shouldn't have to worry about being creative and worry about who's judging you because it's none of anybody's business. Your creativity is almost a spiritual practice. And that's kind of what I tell people. Like, I feel like creativity in its own right is almost its own religion. It's almost its own like spiritual practice. You don't have to invite anybody in. It can be 100% you and nobody needs to know. You know, it's just your thing. You're absolutely right. I love that. So we are going to come right back and Anya is going to tell you more about what you want to know about healing with art and much more. But first, another message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So Anya, so your work has been in over 300 exhibits. What are your top three tips for thriving mentally so that artists can thrive in their careers? So this is a great question because there's such a difference between like doing art and doing it for healing and cathartic purposes versus doing something in a more professional aspect. And I live in both worlds. So that fine line is, you know, an interesting place to be because when you're being in a professional level artist, there's different things that are, that are expected from you, right? Like galleries don't want you experimenting too much. They expect you to showcase 
similar work to the body of work that they're familiar with. Of course, they want you to experiment within that. But if you were a portrait painter and you came back with a abstract piece of art for a gallery show, your gallerist isn't going to be very happy with you because that's not what they're expecting, right? But when we're doing like healing with art, that's a whole other different thing. It's like we should explore. There's no constraints to this. You should do what you want to do and not not worry about that because you're not doing it professionally. So it depends for artists as in how they can thrive mentally in what space that they want to be in. If they're more in a professional aspect of their journey or they're just doing it because they enjoy it, I think the best thing that you can do is do what you want with your career or your life. It, to not get so wrapped up in other people's perceptions. And this is hard because I've, you know, I've been a professional artist since 2015 and I've been known for a certain type of art. And in the last year, that's shifted greatly. And I've had to let that go. I've had to let go of judgments or galleries aren't going to show me anymore because I want to do it for me. And I'm not doing it in the same professional manner as I was before, if that makes sense. Like I'm just, I'm not going to cater to anybody because I'm in a different place. COVID has affected me. I don't feel the same way I used to feel about my career. I love my career and I love the galleries that still show me and connect with me. But if somebody wants to tell me how to do my work, I don't feel the need to be in that place anymore. I want to do what I want to do. And if people don't accept it, then they don't accept it. And I think for artists to thrive mentally and to thrive as creative beings is to find what they're willing to deal with. Do they feel comfortable being professional and following what's expected of them? Or do they want to be more experimental and do what they want, but recognize that they, they might not get the type of approval or the type of professional success that they want because they're not playing the game? So ask, asking yourself that as an artist, like, what do you want from, from what you're doing? Are you doing it because you enjoy it? That's great. But what's the, what's the next level? Are you wanting to go to that next level? And if you do, you got to get ready to deal with the professional level of being an artist. And that's tough. It's a tough place to be. There's a lot of competition. It is a cutthroat, cutthroat field, just like any, you know, entertainment creative thing. It's going to be that way because people are coming at it from their passion and from their heart and from a very emotional place. So you'll you'll have a different sense of dealing with being a professional artist than you would like, let's say, if you were just a, a lawyer, because there's a lot more at stake when you're being a creator and you're creating these these things from your soul and, and how they're perceived in the world. And so being willing to ask yourself, are you okay with constru- constructive criticism? Are you okay with people being judgmental? And also watch social media. Social media, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a background in marketing. I'm a web and graphic designer by trade. I mean, that's like my bread and butter of what I do. And I deal with marketing for companies. And great, social media is wonderful, but it's also destroying artists because people are feeling like they have to like continue to like put things out. They have to keep doing things for their base or they're not going to be relevant anymore. And I think it's killing the creative process. I think it's causing people to go crazy. And there are actual studies that they've been doing about Instagram and Facebook, where they talk about there's a lot of suicides and a lot of depression based in the whole algorithm and like thing. So I think moving yourself away from that, aligning yourself with who you are and what you want to do, 
sure, be on social media. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm on it. I'm active on it. I don't distance myself from it, but you have to have a healthy relationship with where you want to be as an artist. Do you want to be professional or not? And also have a very healthy relationship with social media because it will run your career. It will totally run you as who you are. And I hope down the road, so many of these artists and creative people don't regret not being so wrapped into what does the fan base want? You know, what's going to get me more likes? What can I do to get to go viral? It's like, what an exhausting life to live. Like, that's not a creative life. A creative life is enjoying your process, doing what you want to do, go professional, don't go professional. But, you know, I mean, think, think about this. If you were, you know, years ago and everything that you ever did, you had to walk into a room and show the person, show a room of people what you did every single day, that would be exhausting. And that's what we're doing with social media. Every time we put something out there, we're throwing it out to an audience to judge us. You know, it's, it's, I think it can really cause a lot of pain and I've seen a lot of artists suffer from it. And so I think really having a healthy social media relationship is important. I a hundred percent agree. And I think kind of everything that you just said, what I would kind of sum it up to is it's really important to be aware of the, uh, of the goals that you have with your art, not necessarily your art career. And like you're saying, really thinking about like, okay, why is it that I make art instead of doing something else with my life? And if you come down to like, no, no, I'm, I'm really passionate about not only making art, but also selling it and having a career with it, then awesome. You've, you've thought about it. You've given it the, the platform to, to really think it over and then continue selling your art. And if it's something that you really do, and it's, it's more just a creative release for you, and it's not something that you're necessarily wanting to make a living off of, then you can really focus on it just being something that's for yourself. And I would definitely say that if you do choose to, you know, make it your career, well, then even if there's certain things like you're saying that are like not necessarily purely about what you want to be doing, it you can be treating it the same way that you would a job where it's, you know, it's paying the bills, it's making a living for yourself. And that might mean some creative sacrifices. Um, even so, in that case, though, I would still say to take the time to to experiment outside of the work that you make to sell. Because one, it'll help the work that you're selling, but also like it, it's just going to be good for your own mental health. So absolutely, I, I think that's such a good question to be asking yourself is like, why, why am I making art? Like, don't skip that question. Yeah, exactly. It's important to know, like, what's, what is your purpose? And knowing to James that you can switch that. You can go like, I want to sell my art. And then you can be like, I don't want to do that anymore. Or you can be like, I don't want to do that. Or you can flip it around. You can, you can do whatever you want, you know, but be clear with what you're doing. Because if you're going to go for a professional career, it's a lot of hard work. It's not just you make the art and people come like, no, no, it's like 50% marketing and there's just so much other business aspects of it. And then, yeah, there's the art part of it, but we have such a hard time understanding, you know, as creative people, like, why can't we just like paint 80% of the time? It's like, it doesn't work like that. You got to frame stuff and ship stuff and email stuff and market stuff. Let's say you're not making your art, your career, right? Well, then you're going to be doing some other job to pay the bills 
So why not just make half of, you know, the time that you spend just on your art career, like just call that your job and then call the art making process like your, you know, just your pleasure and, you know, kind of like let both exist, even though they're technically all under the same umbrella. Well, Anya, this has been such an amazing conversation. Uh, Let's go ahead, bring it home for our listeners out there. What is a call to action that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I think the call to action is I really would love everybody who's listening to just really tap into themselves and really kind of find out where they are in the world and connect with what's going on with them and what's going on around them. Because we're so, I think so many of us are disassociated from what's happening in the world. So I think it's important for everybody to just kind of connect with themselves and also give yourself some self-love. Everybody needs a bit of self-love and care and, you know, be kind to each other and kind to yourselves. We're all experiencing something really difficult right now. And if we could just be kinder and more understanding and forgiving, then we would be in such a better place. This is not a great place for judgment and hatred and anger. No one likes that. (laughs) So how can we support, how can we support ourselves and how can we support others better by being more understanding and caring and loving? Absolutely. Artists, make sure to take some time to care for yourself, love yourself. Don't forget about yourself in the process of making art. Well, to all of you business artists out there, Anya has been here today sharing her amazing perspective. You can listen to this in all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfind.world. To connect with Anya, you can follow her at Anya Khan, which is A-U-N-I-A-K-A-H-N. And also at Healing Trauma Creatively. Both of those are on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also visit AnyaKhan.com. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to review us on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings are so helpful and so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. As always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Today's quote is, just because no one else can heal or do your inner work for you doesn't mean you can, should, or need to do it alone. That is Lisa Olivier. That is Lisa Oliveira. <laughs> Anya, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. For that, we are so grateful. Aw, thank you for doing this. I appreciate your support as well. Absolutely, Anya. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? 
shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Thank you.